My name is Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Thank you, places. Yeah, just accidentally messed up the intro. Oh, well. Hello, I'm the Stephen Gregory Smith. I'm Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, so we don't have a craft tonight because it's a rainy kind of day, but we did work in the garden a little. And I'm going to make a casserole later, so that's kind of crafty. That's where our creativity went today. Yep, craft cheese. Yeah, and I planted wildflowers and tulips, and we both swept in the backyard, and... Now it's just rainy Saturday, so there's... Oh, here comes Byron. Oh my goodness, what do we think about? It, he knows it's podcast time. He oh, wants hey, to Byron. come up to the mic. So, I have a few questions for you. Your birthday, you're going to be turning five this, this May. Is it May 31st? Yes. He has a birthday? Yes. Today, five years ago, we got Eddie... Brought, yesterday, five years ago. Yesterday, Eddie was brought to our house, and he's been locked in the house ever since. Yeah. And I think he's just fine with that. Um, But tonight we're going to be talking to Sandra Atkinson of the Light Switch Dance Theater. Um, Looking forward to it. We have to take a quick sponsor break, and then we'll be right back with Sandra. Hello, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Great. Uh, I'm here with my husband, Matthew. Hi, Sandra. It's Matt. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) So just just so we know, a brief history of how I know Sandra. I met Sandra at Roundhouse Theater. Yes. In 2014, the summer of 2014, we were both teaching artists in their musical theater camp. Wait, is that yeah. like is that the, the old space? No, it was the new. Oh, it's the new space. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a blast of a summer together teaching yeah. children um, <laughs> who were all very talented. Uh, we taught alongside Brandon McCoy, mm-hmm. and just had the best time. I have the fondest memories looking back on, and I remember. Light Switch Dance Theater Company, which is Sandra's company, was about a year old around. Yeah, we were baby. Yeah. And I remember being really interested in in what she was doing. And so, Sandra, can you just give just a brief overview of like what Light Switch Dance Theater is all about? Okay, so we're um, Light Switch Dance Theater is dedicated to creating socially conscious work. Um, in a multi-sensory way to be performed in non-traditional spaces. So really what that, <laughs> that means is that all of our work is kind of driven from um, issues or just things that are part of the human condition. Um, and when we perform, instead of just creating movement and choreography, I'm really interested in all the things that can heighten the experience of the performance. Um, So, you know, of course, all the production elements like lighting and sound and all of that, of course, heighten the experience and really push the intention forward. But when an audience member comes in to experience the work, 
Um, it's really about like, what do they see? What do they smell? What do they hear? Sometimes what do they taste? Um, that heightened the experience along with the movement. All of our work is evening length work um, that has a process of about a year to two years of research before we even start to really put the piece together. And it is a collaborative effort between myself and my dancers. Um, and so we really work to research the topics that are driving society, um, driving the human condition. And my interest is to not only perform on tradition in traditional spaces, but mostly perform site-specific or non-traditional spaces. So places you wouldn't normally see dance um, is really a part of my mission just to, again, heighten that, that experience, but also start the conversation as to why a piece is being performed in a particular place and how it really feeds into the concept and intention of the work. Um, also, Light Switch is not only a performance company, but we're also a presenting company. So I also have two series that I've created throughout the years. One is a light mix that is dedicated to artists creating new work or revising a work and bringing that work to a safe and engaging space where it doesn't need to necessarily be finished, but it's it's about the engagement with the audience and you know listening to and having a conversation about how the work can grow or where where it's going. Um, and then we also have on the list, which is dedicated to choreographers of color and the LGBTQIA society, so community. So um, that's a brand new series, it's about three years old, but it's such a wonderful, rich series that I just thought was really needed. Um, and so we've been engaging artists, you know, new artists, artists that have been in the game for a long time, just to give them another space to perform if they don't have a performance space where they can regularly present their work. So that's really what Light Switch is. And we've also, in the past like four years, really gotten into um, younger voices. How can we, um, you know, allow our younger artists, our kiddos that are really creating interesting things and bring their work and train younger dancers and, and, and artists to create work that really means something to their to you know what's going on in their lives because I'm 41 and I don't know what's going on in a 12 year old's life but it doesn't mean that a 12 year old doesn't have a lot of things going on and something to say so how can I help um, you know really mentor them to create work that is meaningful to them so we've really put a lot of energy into um, boosting and um, pushing forward our education program under our mission so that's LSDT so far. <laughs> and do you guys have a residency that like a place that you kind of perform in regularly? Yes. Yeah, so we are now for the fourth year at um, Capitol Hill Arts Workshop in uh, Southeast DC. Um, and we're really happy and excited to have this partnership with them. Um, I performed there with Peter DeMuro uh, about almost 10 years ago. And I remember walking into the space and it was just, I don't know, something about my heart just was like, this is a beautiful space. It's a multidisciplinary space. And it was such a wonderful experience working there and creating a piece there with him. And we performed it. And I was 
six months pregnant when I performed that piece. Um, and I just remember like this whole experience. And so um, we were looking for a space like a lot of companies in DC or, you know, in the DMV, just looking for a space to kind of, you know, be able to create um, and experiment and explore and then be able to perform work in that same space um, from top to bottom. And I just kept going to that space and emailing and, you know, I, I originally went there just to present a light mix. We needed a space for a light mix. Um, the space that we had been in before kind of fell through. And it was, it's such an important series to me that I was like, we got to find a space for it. And I had this amazing conversation with the executive director at the time. And, and she was like, well, you know, what, what, what else do you do? And I started talking to her about our work and, you know, we created this wonderful ongoing contract where we're able to live there with companies like We Happy Few and with companies like Daffody Punk, uh, that's been a Daffody Punk that's been around forever. Um, and I was just so excited about it. So for four years, we've been there creating and presenting and performing and um, also running our summer camp that we do every year. And this year we're doing a youth summer intensive there. So we're really excited to be there. And so you mentioned Peter Jamiro. We, mm -hmm. I know Peter Jamiro. Yeah. Um, and I, and you've worked with Jane Franklin before. Oh yeah. I, I, I started oh, as soon as I got out of grad school, I went to American university um, and I got my master's degree in performing arts with a concentration in dance education. And I just kind of went out there and put my resume everywhere and auditioned for everyone. And it was like, I have to dance and teach. Um, and I started dancing with Carla Perlo at Dance Place um, with uh, her company, Carla and Company, and then moved on to audition for Jane Franklin, was with Jane Franklin for about three to four years. And in between that, I was working with Liz Lerman Dance Exchange Peter was one of my professors in grad school and um, I just went and auditioned for them one day and started working with Peter on a piece that he still has, um, that is still performed called Funny Uncle and did a two year contract with them. And then, you know, just kind of stayed with them into different projects. And this was just a side project that Peter was doing. And he asked me to be a part of it. And I was like, absolutely, I'd do anything for Peter DeMuro. He's a wonderful choreographer and teacher. Um, so yeah, I've worked with him for a while. And then he, you know, he's now since moved on, but um, uh, he's in Boston now, but I know he's still like presenting and, and, you know, he's executive director. So yeah, I've worked with Peter for a while. We, Jane uh, taught dance at our alma mater at Shenandoah University. Oh, yeah. So that's that's how I, I remember seeing Jane's pieces in the the I was always such a like dance nerd because mm -hmm. um, I couldn't do what they did as well <laughs> as they did it. But I loved all the dance recitals and I'd love to see the different styles of choreography in the modern. There was a lot of heavy modern. Yes. In our department on the dance department and uh Jane had some really cool work. So I remember when I moved here, I was like, wait a second. Her name's everywhere here in DC. She oh yeah. Around. Oh, Jane's so. been Jane's been around for a very long time. She is amazing. And I learned a lot. I mean, just from like the way she, you know, really runs her company to I remember I started with her and I was 
I was coming in for another dancer who was leaving the company that had been with Jane for a long time and was moving on. Um, and I stepped in and, and learned like four or five pieces in like two months. And, you know, Jane's work is, you know, it's a body of work. Like a one piece was like 15 to 20 minutes. And I, one, I picked up how to learn choreography and really like drown myself in a concept and intention from Jane. Um, and then also partnering. Her work is very partnering, partner heavy. And just like knowing how to navigate your body with another dancer in a short period of time and learning that communication and how that needs to work all came from Jane. Um, and also just she works a lot with sculptures and, and uh, different visual artists and her incorporation of visual art into dance is stellar. And I learned so much from her on how to really have that collaboration with the artists of another discipline. Um, I traveled with her to Mexico, Puebla, Mexico, and we did this piece that was all, we were creating the music through a TheraBand that she had made life-size. And the whole piece was how we navigated and created the sound score with our body. And like, I, I learned a lot about how to create that multi-sensory experience from her. So, so you went to college um, in Charlotte at yes. the University of North Carolina, right? Yes. You, you mentioned you went to uh, American uh, after that, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so are, are, what, where were you born? <laughs> I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. So explain to me New Haven, Connecticut to North Carolina to D.C., um, so I moved from Connecticut when I was nine, uh, with my parents who my mother is the only child and my grandmother at the time was really ill and my mom really just needed to be, um, closer to her. And so my brother and sister are 10 and 12 years older than me. So they were graduating from high school at the time. And my parents were like, well, this is a great time to, to make this shift because my brother and sister were, you know, ready to kind of move on to, to their next journey in college and adulthood. So my parents uh, and I moved to North Carolina, we moved to Charlotte. We uh, moved around a little bit um, from Charlotte to Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is where I really started to study ballet um, and then back to Charlotte. And so I finished high school um, in Charlotte. And I knew that I wanted to leave North Carolina to pursue dance. I wasn't sure where that was going to be. And until I knew that, I felt really comfortable pursuing my bachelor's degree at UNC Charlotte. They had an incredible dance program and a music program. And I actually started college with under a music major and a psychology minor. I was studying vocal performance in opera and then took a dance class <laughs> and was like oh my because at the time I was just teaching at my local dance studio and still you know taking dance but I was like oh I'm gonna go to college for you know music I was I was really um my high school didn't have a dance program so I was really into the choral program and had auditioned for the honors course and had a you know music uh, um a vocal coach that I was really close to and just was like, I'm gonna go to college for music. I'll see what happens with dance. And I took a modern dance class 
and it changed my life. And I was like, wait a minute, I can major in dance. And then I was like, oh, I can't do dance and music because of the way the majors were, um, the, the curriculum was built. I couldn't do both, unfortunately, at the time. And I really wanted uh, a psychology major. So I decided to leave music depart to leave the music department and pursue dance and psychology. What ended up happening is I ended up with a dance and psychology degree and a minor in theater. So I kind of did it all in college. And then from there, my junior year, I started looking at grad schools and I actually started looking at grad schools for psychology and dance. And I also was like, well, I really want to teach. Um, but I wasn't sure I wanted to do K through 12. And I knew that I still wanted to perform. And I heard that DC at the time had just like the DMV had a great dance community. And um, I ended up auditioning uh, at a different, you know, auditioning at a couple of different universities. And American University was the university where I could kind of build my own track. That's the great thing about AU that a lot of people don't know. It's like, you can go there and say, I want to do interdisciplinary, whatever. And you can build your own track with your advisor. And I ended up going to um, AU and building my dance education track. Um, and then I ended up also working towards a uh, arts management certificate. Um, and so it ended up being a really great fit for me. And once I was here, I kept thinking I would go back to North Carolina. And once I got the bug of like being in class with this great community and there was theater and there was dance, I was like, I'm staying right here. And so I stayed and just pushed to, to jump into the community. And I was really happy I did. I ended up getting um, a teaching position at Montgomery College and Northern Virginia Community College within one week and had also auditioned for Carla and company the next week and earned a spot into that company. And so I felt really secure staying here and having an income, doing what I love to do. And I was also working at Imagination Stage in the box office. So I had all these wonderful opportunities to stay. And so I stayed and so that's you, how I ended up in DC. So you basically, you've heard of one women shows. This is like a one woman <laughs> theater company you can yes. run every aspect of the show <laughs> right yes and so, you know as a new company you kind of have to so right. yeah <laughs> i have a question for anyone who's listening that maybe did not come up in the dance world can you explain the beautiful evolution that dance has gone through that modern dance is now what is modern dance so if you're looking at modern dance from a traditional definition, it is a rejection of the constraints of ballet. It is a form and genre of dance that is uh, a feminist form. It, it was, it was the, the child of uh, the three founders, Isadora Duncan, Ruth St. Dennis, and Loie Fuller. And it really wasn't called modern dance at the time. It didn't actually become called, it didn't actually become modern dance until Martha Graham. And Martha Graham really gave modern dance a form, a technique, a something that you know could be on a stage just like ballet, but it wasn't ballet. It was, you know, women dancing without point shoes and you know they're not their bodies aren't confined and the choreographers aren't men. And so that's really where modern dance 
the origin of modern dance comes from. And it came really from Isadora Duncan and Ruth St. Dennis um, as far as movement goes. And Loie Fuller was one of the first women uh, lighting designers and is really the reason that modern dance is, is, is lit and, and has a lighting concept the way it does. Um, and then from there, you know, you get into like the 80s and 90s where you have Bill T. Jones and you have B.B. Miller and you have Mark Morris who are really, and you know, pushing the envelope of what concert dance can look like because before that, in the 60s and 70s, you had the Judson Church movement where you have Merce Cunningham and, and there's just all of this exploration with the Judson Church crew of Trisha Brown, Yvonne Rayner, um, Steve Paxton, where they're just, what can we do with dance? It can be, dance can be anything. You can sit in a chair and you can stare forward and do three or four movements. As long as there's a concept and intention, that is dance. And so it just keeps evolving. And now when we look at modern dance, of course, there's all of these different techniques because modern dance is the only genre where it's individualized. It's based on the, the person, the choreographer. So you have the Graham technique. You have the Taylor technique, you have the Cunningham technique, uh, you have the release technique that kind of came into, um, you know, came into the game, I would say in the late um, 80s, early 90s. And that was like a host of, okay, all of these people have learned all these different techniques. Now they're kind of creating this hodgepodge of movement. And so now you have the release technique that was more about somatic awareness, being aware of your body letting your body kind of decide where it wants to go, physical mapping. And then you have contemporary dance that was kind of the baby of So You Think You Can Dance because it incorporates all the different genres. You can have contemporary jazz, contemporary modern, but contemporary, it includes modern, it includes jazz, ballet. And so now you have a generation of dancers who's kind of doing everything and so modern is still modern. It's still its own genre, but it has morphed into this bigger um, umbrella of contemporary dance. Mm -hmm. Is there anything coming out uh, in the world now that is going to be the next level of the next style or the next um, thing? Is there anything else to explore? Um, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess growing up as a well, I was not a dancer, but I did take dance. I guess was uh would would hip hop be something that came after modern, or is that even? Oh no, that's a different genre altogether because hip hop has its own history, right? You know, and it and it really it's kind of like jazz dance. You know, jazz is the only genre that's indigenous to the United States. It comes from um, slavery and the movements that kind of um, evolved during that time. And then it really became a part of the jazz music scene and the social scene. Hip hop is the same thing. It comes from the streets. It comes from a very specific community at a very specific time. It has its own history. When we look at dance, we don't look at something coming after something. I think modern kind of came after ballet, but ballet kept evolving as well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So then you're just adding to the bowl of the different genres that you can study. And modern is one of those genres. I would say if anything, right now it's all about contemporary because contemporary allows you to do and to borrow from whatever style, whatever 
you know, genre you want to, to kind of make it yours. And so that's what contemporary is. It's a big tapestry of all these different styles. So if we're looking at what's like hot and new right now, you're really looking at contemporary dance. Right. And how do you, let's say we're going to put together a piece and it's going to be maybe an outdoor setting. Mm -hmm. um, how would we deal with like music situations? Do you, do you use live sometimes and sometimes not live? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I never choose a space that doesn't directly connect to my concept and intention. So if I'm doing something outside, there's a very clear reason as to why I'm doing it. When it comes to the elements that heighten the experience, which is going to be your sound, your props, all of that. Um, for me, I love live music. If I can get live music, I can create the sound with the musician then we're in business. Um, and I've had the pleasure of doing that uh, multiple times, but I would, the importance of touch was the first piece that LSDT presented and it was performed in six locations in one day. And we had our violinist traveling with us to each location. Um, and so, you know, that's just something, yeah, if you can do live, you know, music, that's great. Otherwise, you're traveling with an amp, you're traveling with, you know, whatever sound you can. If you're going to do a, a piece, and you know, it's live, you have to be high, like, highly aware of what's in that environment. Mm -hmm. So you know, what kind of sound you need to have. Mm -hmm. And I would say live music, you know, the musician can play closer, like there was uh, two locations where she was right in the middle of what we were doing, because we needed to hear her. Um, but then we were in places that were more hollow where we would get the echo of her sound. And so she wasn't directly, you know, in the piece, but she was right there, you know, um, on the side of the piece and we could hear her. Um, but I have performed outside and used, you know, my amp and let that be a part of the performance. It's a prop. It's a part of it. And so for me, if you're going to do anything outdoors, you really need to explore and investigate what that space is like in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, what kind of sounds are around, what kind of uh, population is around, what, you know, what are you going to hear from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. And once you've done that, you're more prepared to present that piece in that place. Right. That makes sense. Um, that's, I mean, I guess, that's such an interesting thing that, of course, I would never think about because I hadn't thought about environmental uh, or site-specific. Like, you can't just say, I want to do a site-specific show here. And then, right. like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you have to observe the space then in mm -hmm. the different times, especially the times that you would be either like rehearsing in it or performing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, there's something I, I clicked on that I want to go back to that, before um, you had just said box office at Roundhouse. So you you were very interested in psychology. Yes. And so, I'm sorry, psychiatry. Psych, well, same thing, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then theater as well, and then dance. And it's interesting to me that you're not just, you know, the Sandra Atkinson Dance Company. You're the light switch dance theater. Mm -hmm. So there's theater in there. You, mm -hmm. you said very much that the smell, the light, the everything that affects uh, somebody's sensory perception of 
not just the dance, but the whole package. So it's interesting to me that that probably comes somewhere from your interest in psychology to yes. begin with. Yes. Um, and how you, you choose your subject matter to kind of, I mean, not just, just uh, celebrate a topic, but immerse yourself in it and yes. make it the furthest exploration of what that is. Um, yes. That's what I find so fascinating about what you do. Um, and, and what like, so we've been in a pandemic. What, yes. was, what was like, I mean, it's like every interview, I have to ask the question, you know, and yeah. I can't wait till like, I don't have to anymore. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what, what has light switch done to like keep alive during the past year? Well, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I um, was kind of going through, um, I've gone through some personal stuff, right? Right about the time of the, um, that, we, that we started to experience the pandemic, because it was there. We just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and so we, I was already in a place of exploring what, what Light Switch was going to do um, and like, what is our strategic plan? And I really wanted to revamp the company. Um, you know, we had finally found a space that we could live and breathe in. And, um, you know, I had been with a group of amazing performers. I love my dancers so much because they're not just dancers. Like the people that I started Light Switch with and the people that um, came in in the first three years of light switch were, you know, dancers that I, I, you know, just wanted to do something with their voices that a lot of times when you're auditioning for companies, you know, um, is just not there. And, and so I was really looking for collaborators and I had this amazing group of collaborators, but we had been together for about five or six years and we were all kind of moving on and forward and creating their own companies and, you know, getting master's degrees and all of these things, all these wonderful things. And I was like, okay, so I'm losing this amazing group of dancers, not all of them. Some of them are still with light switch, but you know, it was just like one of those things. It was life, life was happening. And we were creating the body of work that we were creating was really starting to be at a place that I was like, this is what light switch is. And so we had, we had presented um, Kool-Aid, which was a piece about conformity. It's Kool-Aid comes from um, Jim Jones and the Guyana tragedy. Right. And, you know, when I create a piece, it's not just about that one thing. That was the catalyst to the piece. And I really wanted to create this, this collage of what is it to conform and how do we think about conformity and what is the origin of conformity. And so we created this piece, we performed this piece, we were really happy with it. And then I was like, okay, so what's next? And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and so Light Switch, uh, we, we wanted to present a light mix this year. Um, and so the young artists that were gonna be presenting, I said, hey guys, you know, I really wanna do this, but we can't have anybody in the space. Of course, we all need to like not be together. And so I, we sent out an email to them. We were like, could you please create a dance film in whatever space you want to? So they all sent in their, their films and we put it together and we had a virtual performance of a light mix. And then I decided to take a breather 
and revamp the website, really throw myself into the education program and really decide what's going to be next for a light mix because I felt like this was a really good time and space to process what we had done and what we wanted to do further. And I always say we, because I, though it's light switch is my baby. I'm the founder. I, I have worked with amazing people that have allowed me to um, really push my ideas forward. And I always acknowledge that. So I always say we, even though light switch is mine. <laughs> um, but so we just decided, I said, okay, well, we know that we needed to revamp the education program. We wanted to push it a little bit farther. I really am interested. I work with teenagers on a daily basis. I am a dance, um, the VPA chair and comprehensive chair of dance at Northwestern High School. So I work with young artists all the time and I'm just really interested in what these kids are doing. I'm looking at all of these things. I'm like, well, I wanna hear their voices. I wanna train them. I wanna mentor. I want them to teach me the way I'm teaching them. And so the education part became a really huge element for us and revamping the website, revamping our look, um, and then really thinking, okay, well, what do we wanna do next? And so for me, it was a really great way of saying, here's the body of work I've presented. Here's the body of work I've created. What are those, what does that look like after the pandemic? And so I think a lot of dancers have gone into like, you know, dance film is its own kind of thing. You know, there are people that only present dance in film and that's what they do. But with the, with the pandemic, we've had to all immerse ourselves in this virtual space. And I, because of, I am a public school teacher, a lot of my energy has gone into what my, my I, I don't like to call it my day job because it's just another facet of what I do. But a lot of my energy has been with my students keeping Great. them motivated. So life switch is kind of give this pandemic has kind of given me a chance to breathe and decide what I want light switch to do. And what I'm interested in doing is engaging our space more, getting young people's voices heard through that space and also engaging new artists and artists that haven't had a chance to present dance the way they might want to do it. Cause not everybody wants to live in a virtual space with dance. And so I'm really looking to push the, presenting elements of light switch next year um, hoping that we can engage maybe a smaller socially distanced audience and what does that look like um, and and really working with artists that are looking to present work live again or do it in a hybrid way um, and so I'm just kind of looking at what we can do but it, it did give me a chance to really strategically plan the evolution of where we're going. Well, we're very excited to see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming light switch is like the aha. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like an aha moment. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> just before we wrap up, I've got one question about just this past year. I know that everybody has sort of learned, you know, French or how to bake bagels or how yes. to did, did you take the time to do anything new besides keeping up with your own life um uh yeah I learned self-care <laughs> right because <laughs> that is not something I've ever really engaged in I have two beautiful girls um and I will just say you know as a mom 
an artist, um, not only a, a black woman in America right now, an artist, an educator, just to get the time to be with my children and not have to run to rehearsals and not have to run to, to school. And, you know, just being there with my kids has been an amazing experience. I mean, it's just, I, I kind of, I know how much I work and I think a lot of artists juggle that life with when, especially when they have children. Um, but to get the moment just to be with my kids on a daily basis from the morning, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, um, I bought a house, which I had never thought I would ever do. I was a full-time lifelong renter um, and changed my entire environment. Um, and that's been a learning experience. Um, I've also read a lot. I, I don't tend to read anything but nonfiction. Um, so I've read a lot of books on educational policy and law, and I'm really interested in pursuing that because there's a lot of things wrong with the education program, or with education in America, and the arts are the first thing that go. And we've definitely been fighting for that in this pandemic because budgets have been cut and the arts are the thing that people think they can throw away, but it's also the life of school and a lot of reasons kids come to school. So being an advocate for the arts and arts and education has been a true passion of mine um, and has always been, but I've actually become more involved with different organizations and been a huge voice at my school for arts and education. So I've just engaged myself more into things that I might not have had time to really engage in if this pandemic hadn't happened. And sadly it did, and we lost a lot of lives, but at the same time, it really has allowed me to find my voice as an educator and really fight for not only myself, but for younger educators. Cause this is a, it's a crazy system. Right. And if I were a new educator coming into school this year with virtual learning, now we're hybrid, everything has changed. You know, I just, I'm here to, to mentor and help and, and motivate young educators, but also just getting the chance to be with my girls right. um, and learn and see who they're becoming. It was just a fantastic time. And I know I'll never get that time again. You know, eventually we'll move on to a new normal and we'll all go back to work and school and the busyness of life. But this has been just such a magical year with them and right. we all needed it. And uh, our second follow-up uh, during the pandemic what has been like, and I don't know if this, you're this kind of person or not, have you binged anything? What has been like your thing to watch to get through? Uh, okay, so I binged, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Kim's Convenience. It is not. a fantastic show. It is a completely like Asian American show. Actually, it's Canadian. Um, but I've binged that. I went back and watched all of Game of Thrones, uh -huh. um, which is, I love Game of Thrones. Um, and I went back and watched all of Nurse Jackie. Um, yeah. Excellent choices. Yes. <laughs> My last question for you is, uh, if you had one wish to make uh, for, you know, anything in the world, for yourself, for your family, for the world, whatever it may be, what would that one wish be? Oh, that we value educators more um, and that we actually pay people what they're worth. <laughs> you know, I just, I feel like 
everything starts with education. Everything starts with education, period. And um, we owe these kids more. A lot of things get caught up in politics that have nothing to do with the students we're serving. And I really just want to be a part of changing that. Um, and I want people to value education more. I mean, if we're going to continue to have the arts, then we need to continue to create young artists. You know, we need to continue to push them forward. If we're going to, if we want anything to, to, to sustain, we need to invest in education in a different way. Um, because nothing is going to evolve if we don't continue to advocate for education. Right. Um, it just, it just doesn't work that way. Like you have to, you have to learn something before you can do it. And there's a real disconnect between that, what we want people to do, how we want people to make money and evolve and be successful, the notion of being successful, and what we actually put the energy into, not just, you know, private schools and specialty schools, but public education, which is what, which is what most students in the United States are actually a part of. So I want more value in that so that we can grow to value the wonderful people that keep the world going. All right. Amen. Yes. Well, uh, people can follow Light Switch Dance Theater on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and Instagram. And Instagram. And mm -hmm. we'll link your website in the description of the podcast so people can follow you, see see what's going on, what's what's next. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. It's really, such an honor. <laughs> no, it, the honor's ours. I really am into what you guys do and watching these videos that I'm going to share the link to. Um, Please, thank beautiful you. Beautiful work. So thank you, Sandra, and I hope to talk to you in not like another right. seven years, but like yeah. sooner. <laughs> yes, thank you guys so much for having me. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. All right, be well. You too. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. Uh, getting to catch up with Sandra and Light Switch Dance Theater. Um, just talk about, like, she's done everything. Talk about wearing hats. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, all the, the knowledge and experience needed to to do everything that she does. It's so incredible i get tired just thinking about all of that and mm -hmm. then on top of that having to manage a company and yeah it's mm -hmm. it's a lot so props and congratulations to you sandra that's incredible and we're really excited to see what is coming up for light switch um, we're going to put the link in the description so everyone can follow and remember to follow light switch dance theater on facebook and instagram so that does it for our show this evening. Um, we have one more show this weekend. Tomorrow, tomorrow night's guest is Broadway and Regional Theater Director Marsha Milgram Dodge. Yeah, I was trying. Is I it was, Milgram? Milgram. With oh, a gosh, I always see Milgram. It's like a C. It's Milgram. Huh. I was waiting, I was hoping there was going to be a drum roll, but there was no drum roll. So then I, it was just a big pregnant pause, like I didn't know who it was. I, I put away all of the percussive instruments. instruments. How dare you. All right, well, so we're going to be talking to Marsha tomorrow night. Exciting! And we will uh, hopefully 
I was gonna say we'll see you then. That doesn't make any sense. There's no visuals here. No. Okay. None. Well, as we always say, turn your heart into art. Good night, everybody. Bye.